0: Um, we were part of a team that went to uh, Santa Marta, Colombia. And Santa Marta, Colombia is on the northern coast of Colombia, right on the Caribbean. And I wanted to just put a picture of the group up there. Not because you'll know any of them except maybe Dylan and Alan and I. But just to reiterate, sometimes we think that you've got to be something special to be used by God. And that is just so not true. A matter of fact, one of the people in the group, I asked them to pray for me one night. and She said, why would you want me to pray for you? I'm a nobody. I said, that's why I want you to pray for me, because you're a nobody. You know, God works through people. There's teachers in that group. There's a couple other pastors in the group, a pilot in the group, homemakers in the group. There was one guy, he's in the back upper right, the second guy in the back row with the real dark hair. He never even prayed for anybody before. He never prayed for somebody to be healed, he never, never experienced laying hands on someone and seeing the power of God, and ministers, never done it before in his life, he's a Texan and you're going to show me, I'm not going to buy into this stuff, and he was on this trip. Uh, flight attendants, so anybody and everybody, and whoa, a glass of water, I'll spill that for sure, put it by the electronics. <laughs> So what we're going to share with you, some of you uh, might not be familiar with supernatural healing. Um, Quite honestly, i had never seen anything like what you're going to hear about. I've never seen it, never seen anything like it. And uh, we wanted to share some of it. I want to share a few thoughts at the end. But uh, uh, we want you to kind of get a flavor of what God did as we were down there. Uh, He did unbelievably extraordinary things in our eyes. For him they're no big deal. He just does it and we got to start believing that. Uh, would you put the second slide up, I think it's of the church, one of the first churches. Uh, just to give you a flavor, we went to two primarily, uh, we pr- primarily went to two churches. Uh, this church was in a, a village called Cienega, uh, it was a much rougher part of the of city, um, much poor, uh, it's kind of like a suburb I guess you might say of Santa Marta. Uh, about the church has only been there about 10 years. And it's up to about 1,000 people. And one of the uh, testimonies of that church in this very rough area, um, our our interpreter, main interpreter, the guy who lined everything up, said, you know, 10 years ago you would not have went into this section of the city. And since this church was established, the whole community around it has been changed just by the presence of God. So that was the first night in this church. And then we worked with another church that was right in the center of, of uh, Santa Marta. And we did a number of services with them. And the outreach we did in the evening was also a public uh, outdoor outreach. It was their church sponsored. And then also a small group went into one of the prisons in Colombia. So, Dylan, if you would just come and use this microphone here and share whatever the Lord's put on your heart. By the way, he got a new name down there. Before we'd even got out of the first airport, Superman. <laughs> and you should have seen—if there was a popularity contest, he won hands down. If you can imagine, you're in Colombia, Latin, Latin America, red hair and a red beard is like a magnet.
1: Okay, can you hear me?
0: You got to be in that so we can record it for sure. You can what? hold it if you want to.
1: Oh, yeah, whatever. Okay, so, can you hear me now?
0: Now, can you hear me?
1: Okay, Uh, I'm going to start by asking, um, how many people have heard the song Oceans by Hillsong? Very few. Um, How it starts is, uh, you called me out upon the waters, the great unknown, where my feet may fail, and there I find you in the mystery, with oceans deep my faith will stand. So, um, a few... Starting uh, two months ago, I heard that song, and I've been listening to it, and it's really been a, a strong prayer song for me. And um, uh, as I got down there, and in Santa Marta, I realized, you know, you called me out upon the waters, the great unknown, where my feet may fail. Uh, you called me out to a place where I have, I'm very uncomfortable. Um, um, I, don't, I have no clue what's going to happen. I'm probably going to fail and uh there i found him in the mystery with in the ocean's deep down in the middle of nowhere and my faith definitely stand stood whatever and uh okay so how it came about that i uh i went on this trip is uh about 6 months ago we had that um that uh, young man come up he was muslim and um grandma Lynette said be be very uh, attentive to this because there's something in this message god wants you to hear and what i got out of it was international ministries so then I talked to Alan, and Alan's like, oh, yeah, I, I see that for you as well. And um, he's like, well, there's an opportunity to go to Columbia coming up, you know, pray about it for a little bit, and um, we'll see what, what happens from there. Well, then I pray about it a little bit. I don't feel, I mean, I'm pretty sure I'm going to go either way. And then I'm down uh, working, and I'm down by Jasper, and I get an email from Alan to me, and Mike is like, okay, uh, sorry, there's no more time to pray. you got to decide about now because there's three <laughs> spots left. So... <laughs> Uh, I, I, I was as in Jasper, so I'm like, oh gosh, how am I going to get a hold of Brita? Cause we have no cell reception here. And so I called Brita, she made the down payment and all that stuff went on and I was in. So, and along with that, for, between here and there, I, I definitely heard God call me and tell me that no, I'm going to be used in the healing ministry very strongly. Oh, so yeah. on the way down there, well, to start off, we get to Minneapolis and, uh, getting ready to go on a plane. I'm about more nervous than I was right now because this is my first plane ride on top of that. Uh, it's, it's, even the fifth one was scary. Either way. <laughs> so we get down to Miami, and then I'm fine. And Miami to Barranquilla is uh, another good flight, and we uh, met a lot of people. It's very interesting people we got to pray with and be with. So then when we get down there, I'm just going to give a, a quick overview of like the whole week in a slow way. Okay. So the very first day we get down there, and... Um, Oh, the first day we started ministering, we had planned to go to two schools, and the first one, they were too, uh, wild, they were during, it was during their recess, and they didn't want us to go in there, so we went to the next school, and, um, we went in there, they rounded all the kids up in the middle, and they started talking to them and praying, and, uh, Andy gave a little bit of his testimony and said, you know, I don't, Mike will probably talk about Andy's testimony, it was amazing, and, um, so he told them and then he asked the kids who wants to accept Christ and a lot of kids raised their hands. The most amazing thing through the whole week was the salvations. It is absolutely amazing the kind of people, the amount of people that come up for altar calls. So then after they had a 30-minute talk and they had five people volunteer to talk and say their testimonies to the kids. And after that um, they let us go and we could just pray with the kids anything they wanted. And all the kids they kind of, they just kind of stared at me, if you can believe that. And uh, the ones that were coming up, there, like, the older kids, they're sitting there laughing at me. And I'm like, I asked the translator, I said, what are they doing? And I said, are they making fun of me? He said, no, no, no. And he's like, I said, well, do they want prayer for anything? And uh, they said, yeah, as a joke, I just, I want prayer to be a better student, you know. So I prayed for them to be a better student. And I, I didn't get to, I didn't pray for any healings or anything like that. But a lot of them, um, I prayed for a lot of them kind of blessings to them. And uh, many, many, many of the little girls came up, and they all had cell phones. I took probably 20 pictures at that school, and uh, the little girls walked up. They're like, your eyes are so beautiful. And, <laughs> and then, yeah, I took a lot of pictures and that stuff. And then um, got back to the hotel and stuff. Then the night, that was our first night in, in Senegal, and... Uh, I, right away, I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. I stepped out in faith. I didn't, uh, hover on Mike or Alan. I, I stood and I, I was going to have my own line. So, uh, the, the first lady that came to me, um, you can ask me about that some other time. Um, then the, the third lady that came to me, I'm, a, I'm going to probably just talk about the, the major miracles and healings that God did through me. And, uh, so the third lady that came to me, she's probably in her eighties, I would say. And, uh, I'm looking at her, and her right eye is facing that way, and it's very milky. And so she points to her eye in her ear. She can't hear, and she can't see out of her right eye. So I started praying for her right eye. Or, or I started praying for her, and then when she opened her eyes, it was still milky and still facing to the right. But she said she could hear better, and she liked that. She was happy. So then the second time I prayed, I prayed for her, uh, I prayed for her eyes and her ears again. And when she opened her eyes, it was still milky, but her eyes were straight, both of them, right in front of me. That happened. And she could hear a lot better, and she just broke down, she was bawling, she went she laid down, and um, I told her, I said, "I just want to pray one more time, please get up." So she got up and I prayed one more time, and uh her eye was completely healed, her ears were completely healed, and uh she just she just started bawling and, and we were in a, a really I was in a really hot corner, I wasn't spread out across the front, and there' was no circulation, so I mean i I'm not small, and I was drenched, I was absolutely soaking wet. And uh so I, this lady gives me a hug, and i have she when she walks away from me, she has a complete imprint of me on her body and and I had to peel my name tag off of her forehead so uh, then um, and then the, the next day um, the morning uh, i didn 't do much prayer for uh, healing it was more we we spent a lot of time with this one person, specifically doing deliverance and uh so the the next night um i ha- i found a pattern and the pattern was uh, i had a bunch of little kids come up to me and a bunch of parents would be like my kids are really rebellious in school and i need you to pray for me and i'm like then i if uh if like Tammy Wees here she probably knows why and my mom and my grandparents know exactly why that kind of a uh, pattern would come to me so then uh <laughs> uh i actually got a a note from another woman it says please please play, please pray for my three children we were very rebellious in school, and so that was just a fun pattern and, Oh, and then that night, uh, uh, along with um, taking a whole bunch of pictures and all that, I actually signed an autograph a little girl wanted my autograph i don 't know why she did, and uh, a little girl came up to me she 's like going like this i 'm like, "Do you want to kiss me or what so <laughs> I asked the translator to translate what she was trying to say, and the translator just kind of rolled her eyes, talked to her, and then she left without telling me what she was saying. And then the little girl was disappointed, and she's like, bye. <laughs> so then, I, after the meeting, I went and talked to the translator and asked what she had said. And what she had said was uh, she just wanted to have a conversation with me. She said, uh, she, Then the, the translator said, yeah, but he doesn't speak English. She, the little girl's like, I'll do signs. I don't care. And then the translator told her to leave. The next day we went to two schools in the morning. The first one was the one we were going to go to before, uh, but they wouldn't let us go. But we went this time, and they crammed us into a small room, and uh, five more people gave um, their testimonies and talked to the kids, and uh, Andy shared a little bit of his testimony again. And then after that, we went to a Christian school that was sponsored by the the main, the main church that we, in Santa Marta that we were in for the last seven meetings. And... Um, At that school I shared I volunteered to share and I shared a little bit about God accepting you and if you don't feel accepted and such Jesus loves you no matter what and then that night we had our outdoor crusade and that was amazing it wasn't it wasn't very uh, there wasn't many people there there was but I mean not near as much as like the church and such so the worship was awesome they had girls dancing um, like Holy Spirit dancing I don't even know what it's called but it was really cool to watch and then uh, when we broke off, we started praying, and uh, this guy walks up to me. He says, um, I, I, I believe in Jesus. I really love Jesus. I have Jesus at home, but I have a really tough time taking him to work with me. So would you please pray for that? So I prayed for that, and he was very happy, and he left, and he, he had just, uh, you could see that the Holy Spirit was working in him. And then after him was um, a little girl brought up her grandma or her aunt or mom. I'm not sure what it was. And she was pointing to her throat and her ears. And I couldn't figure out what was going on. So a little girl got a little frustrated. She went and found a translator, and she actually found that guy. He could speak English pretty well. He came back, and he translated for me. And what it was is that lady was deaf and mute. She couldn't talk, and she hasn't talked or heard for uh, 46 years. So I started praying. I prayed about 10 times for her um, ears. And then she could hear. And as she was uh, at, after the last time, she was starting to make a squeaking noise like, like a mouse. So then I started praying for her uh, throat, and I prayed about six times. And after about six times, she told me no more prayer; <laughs> she could actually say it. And um, the the translator, while all this was going on, I told him tell her to keep saying Jesus as loud as she can, and he did. And as I was telling him to do stuff, and as he was watching her be able to talk, he was jumping up and down. He was just amazed. So, <laughs> his faith was definitely increased. <laughs> The the morning after that, Mike and nine others went to the prison, so I had the whole morning at to, to litter, lay around on the beach and the whole afternoon lay on the beach, and it was boring. It was very boring. <laughs> and that night we started our first one of seven meetings at the CBI church. I, I can't even remember what it is. Christ Biblical International or something. And then, oh, and that night the specific thing that happened was... Uh, we did words of knowledge, and my word of knowledge was a pain in the back of the neck where the spine and the skull connect. So as we went through the night, we did a bunch of prayers and you know prayed for people and such, and no one came up for that. Then at the end, one of our teammates, her name is Holly, she came up and she says, Have you had anyone for this yet? And I said no. So I prayed for her. She said um, in 1999, she took pills for malaria and to prevent malaria and what happened was it caused nerve damage and she has she can't feel those spots in her back she can't feel the bottom of her feet and uh... whenever she's in a place where like big speakers are bass, and she can feel it it screws up the rhythm of her heart and causes damage to the tissue around her heart so i started praying for her and as i was praying she felt all the nerves in her face just start like electrifying and she could just feel it all and she started wiggling and, and uh, she is really crying, and it, she started to feel a lot better and a lot better. And I said, how are you doing? And she said, well, i got to kind of walk it out to see how it goes. So then the next day, she said she's doing a lot better. She reduced all of her malaria dosage that she has, or the dosage that she has to take, the pills she has to take to um, counteract the malaria drug she had. And she said now on her back, there's only a little spot on her back that she can't feel, and that she can feel her toes and the bottoms of her feet. So that was amazing. At the... The next day we had um, two meetings in Santa Marta at that church. We had a morning and a night meeting. And the morning one was like the youth or the morning one was uh, not well attended, but there's still have a miraculous amount of people come up for um, um, salvations and that kind of stuff. And then the, the, the night one was very packed. It was kind of a youth night. And this kid walks up to me. He's not a kid. He's probably my age. And um, he said, two years ago, some white people came down from America, and they healed my vision completely. And now, six months ago, it started getting blurry again. He said, I don't want to have to go buy glasses. So I prayed for him, and he grabbed my name tag, and he could start reading. He's, he's reading perfect, and he, everything was fine there. He was very happy. The next day, we had three meetings in the morning in Santa Marta at the, that same church. The ones in the morning, I, I uh, for some reason, I kept track of how many I kept track through the whole thing, but I, uh, I prayed for 21 different people in the morning that were healed of whatever pain or uh, illness they had. And um, two of the main ones that I really remember from the morning was this woman came up, she had two cysts on her uterus, and I was praying for her, and as I was praying, she said it felt like someone was poking in where the cysts were, and she didn't have any more pain. And I prayed for a woman who had uh, a hernia on her side, and the hernia was gone after we prayed. Along with that, it seemed like uh, the pattern was women with um, pain in the uterus and breast for some reason. That was the pattern with that day. And uh, another uh, kind of a funny one was uh, in the morning meetings, I was praying for someone and I see this littler guy walk up with with small arms. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is, I got all nervous. I'm like, oh. (laughs) And so he's next in line. I start praying for him and he's like, would you pray for my finances? I'm like, yes, thank you. that was going to be scary. <laughs> and then uh, our last meeting that last night, um, a significant one was um, the, this guy came up and he tore three ligaments in his leg and he didn't want to have to have surgery. So I prayed and the ligaments got reconnected and it was really amazing. So through the whole week, uh, I, I couldn't believe it. it was amazing. The opportunity was amazing. I was so thankful. And... Um, uh, what really happened to me while I was down there is God really kickstarted my gifts, and I got, uh, I got prophesied over by a fellow teammate. And I mean, just the things that God did and opened up for me were just amazing. So I, I thank you to everybody who supported me and all of you who are praying for us. It was amazing. Thank you.
0: So have you ever heard anybody be so calm about blind eyes seeing, deaf ears hearing, and someone who's a mute for 46 years talking? After that, the rest of us felt like, geez, let's hang around with Dylan. It was amazing. Um, Alan, where's Alan at? He's not in his assigned chair. (laughs) He messed up my whole day. Come on up here, would you, brother?
2: It's uh, really hard to follow Superman, I tell you down there it was the same way uh everywhere we went is all about him I'm serious the uh the girls were just like infatuated with him they wanted to take him home and everything and uh even uh even the other people were just uh just wanted their picture with him and stuff so uh he's a hard act to follow but uh he's no comparison to Jesus, so I'll talk a little bit about him and so um, one miracle gets right off. I'm going to talk about the whole kind of a whole spectrum and give you a picture of everything. But, um, one thing that I want to be thankful for that, uh, I had right before we left, I had, I won't call them threats, but there were three women in the church that came up to me and said, you better bring him back. Okay. That was his mother-in-law, his grandmother, and his wife. And, uh, so... I was I had that on me the whole time down there, so I'm thankful that uh, he came back uh, blessed and stuff. Uh, this picture here, up here, uh, if you look at the back there, there's no wall there. I, I know you can't really tell that in that picture. And so uh, there's actually literally no wall there. And in the morning when we had that service there, the sun was coming in there, and uh, Dylan was talking about being hot. It was hot. It was just incredibly hot and stuff and and there's just absolutely no air moving down there and stuff so uh uh, it was uh in that aspect it was very very warm and stuff the uh just before you get a picture of what it's like down there the average uh home i don't even call it a home they were huts and uh they were probably like maybe 10 by 20 at the biggest and uh the whole family lived in that. Most of them were dirt floors, and uh, you would go by in the evening or in the daytime in a bus, and you would see the doors and the windows open, and they would be sitting in there in plastic chairs, sitting around a TV. Somehow they got TV reception. I have no idea how they did that, and they were all watching uh, TV and stuff, and so. Um, most of the people are very uneducated, but even the ones that are, are, they have a master's degree and everything from what I understand, are driving, they're thankful to even be able to drive a little taxi cab. And so it's just a very, very uh, depressed area. The median age, according to the statistics uh, that I looked up, is 27 years old. Uh, There's the median age and stuff, and uh, their main religion there is is catholicism 90 percent of is catholicism and it's mixed up also with uh, witchcraft and so you get a very strange breed of things going on when you when you mix those two and we encountered that a lot in our ministry there and stuff and so um some of those stories won't be able to share it's not for g audiences but uh, uh it it makes for a very interesting thing I think one of the saddest images that I've seen when we were on the bus, you couldn't always have a, a camera or your phone ready to take a picture right away, but uh, just to give you an idea that it was very hilly, sort of what I call mini-mountainous area and stuff, and the, and the roads are extremely busy, and we'd be on the bus, and there was this little hut. Uh, it was almost sticking out over the road, and uh, the... Uh, There was a a, a lady in there, and she had like, it was almost like a prison door. It was bars because of the unsafety is so severe there and stuff. And she she was quite er elderly, and she was looking through. She was quite weathered, and she was looking through there, just staring straight ahead like she was froze and uh, so oppressed. And that kind of describes the whole area. Uh, it's just very oppressed. Uh, there's really not much hope for their life, so to speak. And so these were a lot of the people of of kind of what we were ministering. And, and that culture is just uh, embedded, you know, kind of throughout that whole area and stuff. So uh, just to give you an idea of, not everybody, of course, that we ministered to came from that background, but that background is very much infiltrated enter their own lives and stuff but uh jesus loves him just like he does each of us here and uh he's very wanting to touch their lives just like he is each one of us and everybody in this area and stuff and uh, uh dylan talked about a uh interpreters and stuff uh, i think one of the biggest jesus miracles that um is amazing, not the biggest, but is big. Uh as one of the interpreters, right away I took a real liking to this guy. I didn't even know who he was or what he was there for in the beginning and stuff, and found out he was there to do interpreting for us and stuff. And and later to come about a little bit about his story was that uh he uh used to work um uh, for the uh one of the biggest drug cartels in Colombia and uh I don't know if you remember back in the 80s, actually, this is what made Colombia so uh, such a dangerous country. But uh, his name was Pablo Escobar, and he was uh, the one who actually started the huge drug infiltration into the United States. And so, uh, a very dangerous man, and uh, shipped millions and millions and millions. Of pounds of cocaine into this country and stuff. And he was his driver. And, uh, but the Lord touched him. And uh, he doesn't even know how he got out of it alive. And he's there witnessing for Jesus Christ and just uh, has a passion for the Lord. And that's just amazing. It's amazing. And so, um, we had other people on the team with similar stories, and so it's uh, to me that's that's a great miracle. And uh, speaking of miracles, I, I you know, Pastor Mike or Dylan and I didn't get together about what each one of us going to talk about. So I hope I'm not. But far as the miracles and healings, we we try, the the ministry tried to record only those validated uh capable healings and those were ones that that we knew something happened so if there was something inside that they were you know like cancer so to speak or something like that where you couldn't get a validation even though they said they felt like the fire of god go through them we couldn't count that because uh they were going to have to go to the doctor to get that validated so there were a lot of these that happened that we weren't actually able to record but in all, in total, we had over fourteen hundred and sixty-four validated healings uh, this ministry team, while we were there that week, and uh, seven hundred and fifty salvations, and uh, and who knows how many of those went out and uh, and brought others to the Lord. So that was good. Fifty-three healing, or for a hearing impaired or completely deaf, forty-five lame type healings 60 for tumors and and lumps in their bodies in various places and over 211 inner healings or deliverance type healings that we were able to do and we probably would have been able to do more of those but we were short of translators and it's really hard to do uh inner healing deliverance type ministry unless you can actually talk to them very clearly and stuff and so uh, we probably would have had a lot more. Some of the things that I encounter, it's really hard to tell you about, you know, what healings, I mean, they're all miraculous, right? If you've got something wrong with you, it's miraculous. If you've been putting up with that for years and years and it's been crippling you, that's a miraculous thing. So it's really hard to pick out the ones, you know, that are miraculous. But I just share a few that maybe even some of you may be dealing with and stuff i remember one elderly lady she came to me and she couldn't see very well at all and her vision was really impaired and stuff and so so prayed for her and uh and i was really excited when she said nothing happened and so uh so i said okay we'll pray again and uh, so we did that several times you know just remembering the scripture you know even jesus sometimes had to pray repeatedly for people who who the first time it didn't work and stuff. And after several several times, why she was able, the blurriness and and all that was able to go and stuff. And she's just quite excited. You see, when you see this big smile break over their face and they're just like ecstatic, you're just like, wow, you know God's really doing something and, and it's just going to change their life. You know, their life has changed right before you and stuff. And so that was really, you know, really wonderful. They're, you know, they come up and here you are wearing glasses, and they're they're asking you to to pray for them so that they don't have to wear glasses <laughs> anymore. And you're like, "Hey, I'll take that myself." But uh, yes, we'll, we'll pray for you. And actually, uh, many of them received that healing uh, completely. Where, uh, and I don't know, you're you going to tell the story about the little boy later? If not, okay. So it was real funny at the. I think it was at the outdoor meeting. Uh, there was a little seven-year-old boy, and uh, he was wearing glasses. And at that meeting, why uh, uh, they were praying for people, and he was sovereignly healed. Nobody had actually laid hands on him, if I recall, and stuff. And and all of a sudden, uh, he couldn't see anymore at all. <laughs> he says, "Mommy, it's blurry. Everything, I can't see," and stuff. And so uh, they discovered when they took his glasses off that he could see. <clears throat> so uh, but with his glasses on he couldn't see anymore and stuff and so god healed him of his vision and, and uh, so he no longer needed glasses and stuff and so the following night at the meeting we were at why gary uh seen he was there and asked him to come up and give his testimony and asked him what what happened and he says well the holy spirit touched me and he says uh really changed my life and he says i don't need my glasses anymore to see and this is all coming from a little seven-year-old boy I and uh, so Gary asked him then he says well how long have you worn glasses and the little boy responds 100 years and uh, (laughs) so it was funny it was good and uh, so you, you got the funny part with it and stuff and you just see how God just you know moves all through that and stuff and how blessed the people are I remember I had a, a young little girl. She had already had asthma in her ears. She couldn't hear very well and stuff. And as you pray, pray for them, all of a sudden you see just something going on and and, uh, and they're breathing and they're able to just breathe normal and stuff and her and her ears were opened up and she was able to hear and and I you don't know who's happier the one you're praying for or their parents their parents are doing the happy dance you know and stuff and so it's just really uh, fun to see that uh like I say is really a rough area everybody drives these little motorcycles are about 125 cc motorcycles that's their main transportation down there and uh, one lady She got uh, some, uh, uh, I don't know, the word thugs come to my mind, I don't know what else you want to call them, but they had stopped her and knocked her off the bike while she was moving because they wanted to rob her, and so uh, she got knocked off her bike while she was moving and stuff, and they stole everything she had, and her whole left side of her body was all messed up, she couldn't move her arm right her she couldn't walk right and stuff and so uh, so i just prayed for god to restore everything that uh that the enemy tried to steal from her to restore it back to her and stuff and uh and sh- and it was just uh, a blessing to see uh see that happen her whole left side of her body then she was able to 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 jump up and down and move her arm and everything and and she'd been dealing with a lot of pain and so she got free of that and that was that was really amazing to see and stuff and i seen a lady who had surgery for something and uh and the surgery went bad and she was actually in worse shape than she was before the surgery and stuff and god the master physician came in and he healed and uh, she was uh just completely healed of of all that and so that was uh really good uh A lot of times, if you didn't have an interpretation, uh, an interpreter, why you just relied on the Holy Spirit to try and do your interpreting for I had a lady that came up, and she was dizzy and stuff. And so I thought maybe it was her inner ear and stuff. As I'm praying for her inner ears, and she couldn't breathe. Why? We weren't getting anywhere and stuff. And so then I'm like, oh, well, maybe you should ask the Holy Spirit what's going on. And the Holy Spirit... uh, Said that uh, to pray for her lungs and her and her heart because there's partial blockage in her heart and so while I'm praying for her, why all of a sudden you could just start seeing something changing in her and stuff and so and then all of a sudden she could start breathing and she's just like cheering God and stuff and so that was uh, great and she could also move her uh, leg and stuff and and uh, I think one of the funniest ones was is that a man brought his wife up. Who? Well, that was that was the lady. Um, the, his, her husband had brought her up. She had that asthma and her leg problem stuff, and he came up with doubt. And he seen, well, wow, this uh, this God, this Jesus, he healed her. Maybe I should give it a go. And so he had been bitten by a spider the night before, and you could see the bite on his hand and and in up his vein there. It was all full of redness and stuff from the poison that was up in his arm and stuff and so I just kind of grabbed his hand and put my hand on his old other shoulder there just praying for the Holy Spirit to remove the poison stuff and when I got done I have no idea whether the poison got done but all of a sudden he started moving his arm like a windmill and he just started going crazy and stuff and I'm like all right well good the poison's gone. and he goes I haven't been able to move my shoulder for 20 years and he says it's amazing. I can move it now free and stuff. And I didn't even pray for it. It was just uh, the hand of God on him and stuff. So it was fun to see uh, to see that. And, uh, yeah, you know, as uh, we prayed for all those people, I'm, a lot of times in the back of my mind, I'm like, we need to see this revival. We need to see this hungriness and this expectation in our area back here you know, in Ballot and in the Marshall area and so forth. And so even those miracles went on down there, it, you know, they're not just there. God just doesn't do a work there. He's He's more than willing to want to do that work here as well. And so it's my prayer that uh, this is the beginning. This is because this country needs a touch of God. And so I'm just praying that God starts touching our area in the same way and we start believing in the same same way um the one thing that the lord kind of led me as i was talking to him about this was that here in america if we have something that physically that's not right we rely on blue cross we're always going to count on blue cross to take care of it but there they just go to the cross, and he takes care of it for them. So I pray that's our goal as well. Amen.
0: Amen. In case there's any skeptics here, I'm a skeptic. Those of you that know me well know that. And it was really interesting, as Alan said, they wanted us to get testimony, document it, get as much proof as you could in those situations. And there was times, there was one lady who came forward where she had a lump on her breast. I wasn't praying for her, but she had a lump on her breast. And she got prayer, and what did she do? She went, left the sanctuary, went into the restroom, and did a breast exam. And then she came back and shared her testimony. So we saw things like that over and over. Another one came with a bladder infection. You know, it's the reality. We have bladder infections. It hurt every time she went to the bathroom and it had for ages. So she got a prayer for a bladder infection. Guess what she did? She went to the bathroom and went to the bathroom. And she came back and said, the pain is gone. So we were continually trying to get testimony. When they come up with vision, if they were blind, that's one thing. But they come up and they can't see very well. We had our name tags that had different size letters on them. And I didn't even think to do this until one of the guys I was praying for grabbed my name tag. And he said, I can see these. He could read my name, a big bold print. Am I, Mike, you know, he's trying to pronounce it. Good. Can you read the next line? No. So we'd pray. He'd grab my, as soon as we kept praying, he'd grab my name tag. And all of a sudden he started reading Ballot in Minnesota, the small print at the bottom. So we would do things like that to test, is there a real healing here or not? Because sometimes you couldn't tell. And as one of the questions that keeps coming back to us, and Alan and I and Dylan were talking about this a lot on the way home especially, is what's so different? You know, we know faith is important, right? But what faith in what? What do we believe in? You know, How much faith is necessary? You look in the Bible, sometimes the people had faith, sometimes they had no faith. Sometimes the guy praying had faith, and the other one didn't. There's all these examples you see. I wanted to just give you a definition of faith. It's, in the, in the Greek, the word is pistis, P-I-S-T-I-S. And it simply says this, a knowledge of, an assent to, and a confidence in that produces good works. You know, I, 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 I take the word of God seriously. I trust it. But the reason we should trust the word of God is because we know Jesus and we trust Jesus. Our faith is in Jesus. A hunger for Jesus. You want to have greater faith? Get more intimate in your relationship with Christ. And then when you have faith, exercise your faith. As Dylan said, you know, he wasn't the only one scared. I don't know about Alan, but man, alive that first night was not that much fun for me. Here Alan's got blind eyes opening, or I mean, Dylan's got blind eyes opening, deaf ears opening, and I'm up there just frustrated. I was distracted by everything, I, uh, everything. I don't know what was wrong. I prayed for a bunch of people and great things happened. But I was, I was in a bad place. And I had to go back to the hotel that night and repent. Repent. I got my eyes on the people, on the stuff, on what was going on, the sicknesses, the noise. My gosh, that band. Anybody here thinks this is a loud band? You haven't seen nothing. It was just distracting to me, everything. And I had to get my eyes back on Jesus. You know, do we believe people can be saved? How many people in here are saved? I won't ask that, in case some of you aren't, but I hope you are. Most of us in here are saved, amen? Do you believe Jesus saved you? Why? Why do you believe that? I can't see it. You all look the same almost. We have faith to believe for our salvation. We have faith to believe that Jesus was who he said he was, and he did what he said he did. And we have faith to be- try to obey what Jesus has taught us to, te- to do. We have that kind of faith. So the question is, does God want to save people? Well, there's a scripture, 2 Peter 3.9 says, The Lord is not slow about his promises, some count slowness, but is patient towards you, not wishing for anyone to perish, but for all to come to repentance. He wants everybody to repent and be saved. And most of you know John 3.16, but I want to add verse 17. It says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send the Son into the world to judge the world, but he sent his Son into the world that they might be saved through him. I know he wants to save us. He sent Jesus. My confidence, I can share Christ knowing that he wants to save us. And he's given faith. And he's called people. And all we need to do is respond. And yet we're even afraid to share our faith with someone trying to lead them to accept Christ because we're not sure that they'll respond. Who cares? We're supposed to share our faith, and it's up to God to, to convict their hearts. You know, we were at that, put up that one slide, uh, Mary, that I think it was the, the dancers, I'm not sure what I had there. Yeah, this is about the best one I had of the, uh, of the outdoor event. So we're at this outdoor event, and we're sitting there over on the left, you can see a few of our team. They brought out their worship van from the church in Santa Marta. And then there's this little area and some people sitting around it. But there's people all around us. Uh, The bus was parked probably 80 yards away, I would say. Something like that. Maybe even a little more. And there's guys standing back there. And their typical service, including this one, the typical service was praise and worship. And then uh, Gary Oates, the guy whose ministry we went with. And then this guy that you've heard referenced, Andy. Andy and Ter- they would come out and they'd give a teaching, a biblical teaching on healing. They would preach the word on healing. And then he'd ask, if there is anybody here that has anything wrong with you, if you have a physical pain, of illness, uh, broken bones, abscesses, you know, and he starts and he goes from head to toe, stand. And we'd have 600 people in that church, and there'd probably be 300 of them standing up. 300 of them. And men of faith that I am, oh you know, man of faith, yeah, we'll heal them all. God, it's like, look at this. And then he started corporate healing. He would pray, we're going to trust God to heal you right now, whatever it is that you've got. And he'd start praying for sickness to be gone, for broken bones to men, to, to blind eyes to see, ears to hear. And then he'd stop and he'd say, if you feel like God's doing something, just raise your hand and wave your hand. If you feel like he's doing something, if you feel like the pain is getting less, and then he'd say, test it. If it's your arm, your shoulder, whatever it is, test it. And then he'd say, and and we'd see two-thirds of the people raise their hand. And I'm going, yeah, really? And then he'd say, well, we're not satisfied with partial healing. We're going to trust God for total healing. And he'd pray again. And then he'd say, okay, now if you're here and you can testify that you are completely healed, the pain is completely gone, There's no doubt in your mind. Test your body again. If you can testify to that, raise your hand. And there would be anywhere from, I would guess, 60 to 100, 120 people raising their hand that God healed them corporately. And then he'd say, the rest of you, don't worry. Our ministry team's going to pray for all of you in just a little while. But before we do that, we're going to do the most important thing we're going to do here tonight. We're going to share the salvation message. There was a demonstration of the power of God People, he had some come forward of that group that said they were healed in the crowd and shared their testimony. Some of them, little ladies weeping and men, I mean, children, sharing their testimony of what God had done and nobody touched them. They'd been healed out there and over there. Amazing things. So that night when he got to the salvation message, you know, the crowd sitting in the chairs at that outdoor event wasn't very big. We're in the middle of this impoverished area and we're thinking, well... Okay, God, we'll see what you can do here. And all of a sudden, he says, he goes through the salvation message if you want to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, raise your hand. And the people sitting there, a number of hands went up. And then all of a sudden, I'm looking out by the bus. A couple guys I noticed, they were standing back there by the bus, you know. All of a sudden, their hands go up. And over there by some of the houses, way on the periphery, all of a sudden, people standing there leaning against the door of their house are raising their hand. All around us, people are raising their hand to accept Jesus Christ. And I'm sitting there thinking, I can't hardly believe this. Why not? Because Jesus wants to save people. He had called them. Man, I was... 750 salvations. And that's the ones we know about. People that actually literally came forward, gave their name, got their address from, and these churches are going to follow up on. 750 people. Now... It was easier for me to believe for that than it was healing. Amazing. So one night, healing and miracles. I can believe this. Can I believe that? Do we have the same faith for healing and miracles? Well, we should have, right? If we know the heart of Jesus. Do we have the same Jesus when it comes to healing and miracles? You know, a, a, two quick scriptures, one in Isaiah that you're familiar with, Isaiah 53, where it's prophesying about Jesus. It says, But he was pierced for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him, and by his wounds we are healed. I challenge anybody to do a word study on the word healed. It means to stitch, to mend, it's a root word for physician, it means to make whole. I know a lot of people will try to tell you that that simply is a spiritual healing. I beg to differ. And one of the reasons I beg to differ is the Bible itself tells me what I think it really means in Matthew 8, 16. It says this When evening came, many who were demon possessed were brought to him, and he drove out the spirits with a word, and he healed all the sick. Why would he heal all the sick? It goes on and says, This was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah. He took our infirmities and carried our diseases. He wants to heal just like he wants to save. This is what he does, this is what he wants to do. He took these infirmities from us. How much faith does it take? I don't know. In the Bible, we see some examples of the people who got healed didn't have any faith. They didn't even know they were going to get healed. But the Bible says we have all been given a measure of faith. And then the Bible says if you have the faith of a mustard seed, that's all it takes. He says if you have the faith of a mustard seed, you can speak to those mountains and mountains be moved and they'll be cast into the sea. But that verse in Matthew 17, where it talks about this, it starts out, he's, he, he comes to these people that it came to him, he says, because of the littleness of your faith, nothing happened. Well, littleness of your faith is kind of, maybe not the best translation. What it really is, is doubt. Doubt. Because of your doubt. He says, if you have the faith of a mustard seed, because I'm always trying to figure out how much faith do I need? And I, I've discovered my faith oftentimes when I'm praying for people is in the wrong thing. <laughs> Mission trips are hard on me. <laughs> I was praying for Mindy. And I, I'm praying and I'm thinking, yeah, we're back in Ballatin, nothing's going to happen. And I said, you know what? I had to take, take my thoughts captive.
3: I have been struggling with sickness all summer, like just feeling like I have mono symptoms. I've had mono in the past. Um, Just sore throat, headaches, and um, really fatigued. And if you know me very well, I'm not a very fatigued person. I (laughs) kind of go, go, go all the time. And so it's just been really odd all summer, just feeling like I hit a brick wall or feeling like I took Benadryl every day, and I'm not taking Benadryl. So anyways, I came forward for prayer today um, with a headache, and I'm standing here without one. And um, yeah. And what I thought was really cool was while they were praying, um, I had a hard time focus. I was like just battling, battling while we were praying, just receive the healing, receive the healing. And what was bothering me was this headache. So I just said, could you pray against a headache? And immediately when he prayed against the headache, it was gone like from my temples up. And so I told him that and he put his hand on my temples and prayed and it was like immediately it was gone. So I told him you could quit. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah. Yeah. God is, um, you know, a God that's into miracles today. And he wants to set us free from these things. And we don't have to live in pain. We don't have to live in that. And so I just encourage you to, um, I'm excited to hear the rest of your testimony.
0: Amen. Thank you, Mindy. (laughs) And remind myself that this is up to Jesus. He wants to heal. He's the one that wants to set us free. He's the one that wants to do miracles. He's the one that wants to deliver us from demons. He's the one. My faith is in who he is and what he's done and what he says. And man, I can pray differently then. That doubt, can can I get her healed? Boy, does that even sound obnoxious when you say that? Can I get her healed? Of course not. We can't do anything on our own. I had some times down there where I I was not filled with faith. Mustard seed, I guess, maybe. At that outdoor event, a little boy. This is probably the one that impacted me the most because I I didn't even get to see it. But I felt it and I witnessed it. This man and two ladies bring a young boy. He's probably 13 or 14, 15. He's very, very frail. He's sickly looking. And they, they want him to have received prayer. So I get to, I, if you could get an interpreter, I usually did to find out what was wrong with him. And he had a birth defect from birth. He's had a heart defect from birth. So I said, okay, tell him we're going to pray for his heart and then you can go help somebody else. I said, tell him I'm going to lay hands on his heart, we're going to pray for his heart, and God's going to heal it." Now, I could speak faith a lot better than I was probably believing. So I put my hand on his chest, and his heart was just pounding and racing. It was just boom, 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 boom. I could feel it. Was just, you know, you, you didn't have to look. It was just echoing against my hand. I put my hand on his shoulder and one on his chest, and I started praying. You know, Just God, whatever's wrong, whatever is wrong, whatever was not right at birth, God, you, you can change this, fix it. And I just kept praying. And I was praying for two three minutes, and then all of a sudden I realized the heartbeat was slowing down. And I kept praying, and it got slower and slower and slower. I kept praying until I could hardly feel his heart beating, where before it was just pounding. And I'm inside. I'm just going ecstatic inside. And I put my hand on his forehead to pray for him. And if you've never been around when people fall to the ground because of the power of the Holy Spirit, he went to the ground. And I'm looking at him, and I'm just, I got to go check. (laughs) You know, I'm a skeptic. i got to check. So I go put my hand on his chest again. And it's just peaceful. I can barely find his heartbeat. It's just peaceful. But I told the translator, I went and got him. I says, now when he gets up, don't let him go anywhere. Because I want to check again. And so a little while later, I prayed for a couple other people. and God had done some amazing things. And I get a tap on my shoulder and this boy's standing up. So I go over there and I take the translator with me. And I... I ask, I put my hand on his chest, and it's just, I can't hardly feel anything. It's just beating like it's supposed to beat. And I asked him, I said, God healed you? And he goes, yes. I says, are you a Christian? He goes, no. God healed an unbeliever. I said, you think you want to become one? Yes. (laughs) Prayed and led him to the Lord. That was the bigger miracle. God used the signs and wonders to confirm his word. This young boy got saved. Now they got saved, I went through and explained what the baptism of the Holy Spirit was, heavenly language, and he got the whole boat full in a matter of minutes. And then guess what happened? All of a sudden, this older gentleman and the two ladies that didn't need prayer were right there ready. And the, uh, the older man, I look at him and say, do you need prayer? And he goes, yes. I says, what for? He says, I'm not a Christian. You want to become a Christian? Let him to the Lord. God wants to use the supernatural not to just bless us and make us feel better. It's signs and wonders confirming the word, helping us to to realize who he is to lead people to Christ. I'll share one more story with you. As Dylan or Alan, maybe both of them said, occasionally the leader of our group would say, I want you guys to all be praying for a word of knowledge. For those of you that don't know what that means, we would pray and say, God, Show us something. Give us a picture, a word that we can share that will build their faith. You know, somebody's got a bad shoulder, knee, hip, whatever. So I'm praying, and all I keep getting is the inside of somebody's right knee. Now, those of you that know me know I just had surgery on my right knee two weeks before we left, and I'm thinking, God, that's just my flesh. Give me a real word. And then now we're in line and we're going across the stage and each by, everyone's got something. Everyone's got something. And I'm about four people from the microphone. And I'm not giving that word, Lord. And I got about two people away and all of a sudden they got sinuses above the eyes with a terrible headache. Whew. So I give that word. And we go into ministry. And this young boy comes forward first to me and... He's got lower back pain. I says, You're, you always wanted to have him have pain right now, right? Because you want to test. You want it to go away. So you got pain? He goes, yeah, my lower back. I said, from what? An injury? He says, well, I play soccer a lot, and it hurts all the time, and it just hurts, and it's really bad. I can't hardly run. And I said, okay, it's hurting right now. Yes. I said, good. We're going to pray for your back. So I started praying for him, and he went to the ground almost immediately. So I thought, well, that's different. So I told the interpreter again, don't let him go anywhere. I need to talk to him when he gets up. The next person that comes, now remember my two words that the Lord gave me, the one I argued about and the one I gave. The next person comes forward, it's a husband and wife and a little child. And usually when that happens, want, they want prayer for their little child. So I'm starting to get down to the little child, and they go, no, 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 no. the wife's pointing to her husband. So I get an interpreter over, and I, I say, what's he need prayer for? He had surgery on his right knee, and it won't heal he's in constant pain he can hardly walk I'm thinking eh, I lost another one <laughs> one of these days I think I'm gonna win an argument with God <laughs> I am so deceived so I said hey awesome now my faith is bigger why cuz God had given me this word my faith is growing I'm trusting him I get down and pray I put my hands on his knee and it's got this big old old metal brace on his knee and I'm thinking he had a lot worse surgery than me God Hope you can fix this. So I pray, and, and as you've picked up, we would oftentimes pray four, five, six, eight, ten times, whatever it took. And I prayed probably three, four times, and we learned a few phrases so I could say things like, Where is the pain? And how, is there more pain or less pain? So, was, you know, más dolor, menos dolor, more or less. And he said, menos dolor. I'm like, good, can you bend your knees? So he's bending his knee and moving around a little. I said, so how much left You do the sign language thing? And we're about half gone. I said, great, I'm going to pray some more. So I get down in there and I'm praying again. And I pray and I pray and I come up and I says, how much pain? And this time he's smiling. He goes, pequito, little bit of pain. And I'm thinking, yes, all right, we can get rid of that little bit of pain. So I'm down there again and I'm praying and praying. and I come up, it's pequito. Down again, I'm praying again. I did that about three, four times. And it never went away. But he was happy. So he's bending his leg and moving around and he's doing this. And I, so I said, you know, sometimes God healing is progressive. I don't know what he's going to do in your life. I don't know if you're going to be healed before we leave or when tomorrow. But I says, will you be in this church tomorrow? And he said, yes. I says, good, come to me. And he did. I'll finish that story in a second. Now I want to flip back to the guy that I prayed for his lower back. And he comes back over and I give the interpreter and I say, Ask him how his back is. and He says, the back pain's gone, completely gone. I'm going, yes. And he goes, but I've got severe stuffy thing here now and my head is pounding. He got a headache and sinus problems laying on the floor. (laughs) Now, if you've done much ministry like this, that's a kind of a red flag that what you're dealing with may not be a physical issue as much as a demonic issue. And as it was said before, there's a lot of witchcraft. To make a long story short, we went through a long deliverance, and the Lord prompted us that he had to forgive a couple people for him to be set free. And again, he, he, he's sobbing, and it's a mess, it's messy, and he has to forgive his mother because she was never there. And I think it was simply because she worked. And we were praying, and he said, there's something else you need to forgive someone else and he's just weeping and weeping he's on the floor weeping and he says does God give you somebody else he goes yes when I was four years old my mother left me with this woman and she tried to kill me and smother me with a plastic bag and as soon as he forgave her he was totally set free and I said can you come back tomorrow and he came back tomorrow and he came and he was oh about for me to the front row I didn't even recognize him he looks so different there was just a peace and joy on him that was amazing. And then the guy comes back with the bad leg, him and his wife come walking up, and he saw smiles, and, how's the leg? And he goes, Paquito, and I'm going, yeah, that little Paquito guy's got to go. <laughs> so I, I said, okay, and I got down to kneel, and as soon as I put my hands on him, the metal brace was gone. He, he had taken off the brace built my faith some more. I prayed for him for the pain to be totally gone, totally healed. And I stood up and he started jumping like this and moving his leg around like this. He said, it's all healed. The power of God healed him. As I started the service this morning, I said, you know, just ordinary people, not a lot of faith sometimes, but we have a big Jesus, a big God. And we are convinced, the leadership in this church is convinced And it's been prophesied over us worship and healing and salvations. And we believe, what do we have to do to put ourselves in place where God would want to release that kind of power and anointing? And the answer we've got is this I don't know. But I know some things. One, we got to know Jesus and we got to press into him. And as we get to know him better, our faith is going to build. And as our faith builds, we're going to be able to trust him for him to fulfill his word. And part of it is we need to receive. I mean, it was a little bit, felt a little bit like this. You ever watch like the Kentucky Derby and you see them get those horses in there and they're such high strung animals, they're just about ready to go crashing through the gate. And when that gate opens, man, they are off. That's what it was like when they opened the altars for ministry in these churches, They were expecting, they were waiting, they were receiving. It wasn't because there was a bunch of gringos in the building. They believed that Jesus was going to use us to heal them. And they were expecting. We have to get that in all of us. Can he, will he, does he want to? And for me it starts with, can he, will he, does he want to? The answer is yes. Yes, He can. So we just want to encourage you, and again, thank you so much for all your prayers. You know, there was a scripture in Luke chapter 10. Now, close with this. I was asking God, God, why do you want to do it here? And I have all kinds of reasons why I want Him to do it here, and I think I have some reasons why He would like to. One of them is simply, He, he gave us the Great Commission. Make disciples. Lay hands on the sick and they will be healed. Cast out demons. He wants us to do it so we're being obedient. It's not a suggestion. Golly, what if, what if that command, what if he meant it? What if he meant it? Are we really supposed to make disciples? Are we really supposed to lay hands on the sick? Are we really supposed to cast out demons in his name? If we, if, if we are and we're not, that seems to be sneaking up real close to disobedience. So I believe he wants us to be obedient. And then this scripture in Luke ten eight, He was talking to the disciples. He says, Whatever city you enter and they receive you, eat what's set before you and heal those in it who are sick and say to them, The kingdom of God has come near to you. I believe with all my heart that God wants to reveal his kingdom as it is on earth to people he wants to draw people and he will use signs and wonders to confirm the word that there's only one way to heaven and that's through Jesus Christ we need to repent of our sins accept his sacrificial death on our behalf and surrender our lives to him that's his whole goal that's his whole purpose and lastly it all glorifies him I hope everything you heard, you don't get your eye on people, the ministry we went with, certainly not any of us. God gets all the glory.